What's up, everyone? I'm Jess Grace Garcia, and I am a music producer, filmmaker, worship pastor, and my porn name is Sammy Robin Hood. Ooh, that's a good one. And you are? I'm Jack Bates, drag queen, theologian, comedian, and my porn star name is Curious George Montgomery. No. (laughs) What? Wait, so you had a pet named Curious George? Yeah, so for our (laughs) listeners who don't know this, uh, I think. Oh, I think there's some controversy here because I thought your porn star name was your the name of your first pet and your mother's maiden name. No, I thought it was the name of your first pet and a street you grew up on. Listeners, sell that. <laughs> I want to put a poll up on Twitter. Tell mm. us what the correct way to derive your porn star All name right, is. We'll let and them then tell decide. us yours. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we, we mostly just want to know your porn name. But I also want to know that I'm right. And it would be really great <laughs> if we proved that I was right on Jack's Twitter. That'd be devastating. <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded an episode about queer confidence. Y'all heard it Tuesday. Mine would be shattered. <laughs> but no, I really did have a kitten named... Well, his name was Curious, but everyone called him Curious George. Oh. How I was screaming at people that I was queer <laughs> by naming a kitten. Having a kitten at all <laughs> means you're gay. <laughs> Socialize as a boy. And to name him Curious. I love it. I love it so Projection, much. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best. My, um, my puppy or my golden retriever was named after my best friend at the time growing up. <laughs> so that's where Sammy came from. What was your last name? Montgomery. Montgomery. Curious George Montgomery. I just love that. <laughs> Except for the curious thing that could be like my romance novelist name, George Montgomery. <laughs> Ew, or like conservative pundit name. Ew. <laughs> I don't like that journey. This, for took, me. this took a turn. Let's keep curious there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this took a turn that I didn't like. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, um, just for our listeners who had to already go through our intro, um, this is After Dark. And Jack, why don't you tell us a little bit about what After Dark is all about? After Dark is Lavender Mafia's podcast series where we explore sexuality from a queer Christian perspective. And we like to talk in a little bit more naughty terms. (laughs) So if you weren't prepared already for from that intro, here we go. What are we talking about this week, Jack? Well, our introductions were on point. Yeah, they were. Because we're talking about porn. Porn. Good old pornography. Here's a fun little note. We totally watched and listened to 80s porn in order to inspire... <laughs> Vintage 80s porn in order to inspire our intro music. It was completely for educational purposes. Completely. I only watch it for the articles. Absolutely. (laughs) Cut to a visual of me, Jack, and Evan sitting in a studio watching 80s vintage porn. So many mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I love about vintage porn is that there is hair. Hair exists on bodies mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> bodies are real. I don't know. That's I don't think we were going to go in that tangent about what kind of porn we like. Are we going to go in that tangent? Oh, absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> tangent. That's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your first question? <laughs> Second question. <laughs> <laughs> First one is, we like to delve into our histories in Lavender Mafia, where we were, informs who we are now, where yep. we're going. How has your attitude toward porn changed over the years? Mm. I think I've become more respectful 
of the people that are engaging in, mm. in porn mm. than I was before. Just kind of funny. Uh, I used to think of it as uh, someone that was not really a person, like someone mm. who was um, disentangled from from like reality because if they were super real, then it would, it would make it harder for me to view mm -hmm. and watch. And I probably had a decent amount of ideas around how much shame they should have in doing that kind of job and that I would never do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it, it's hard to like put myself back there because it's such a different perspective than what I have now. Now mm -hmm. I consider um, those who uh, do sex work, as a career, an actual career. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who are sex workers um, and they are some of the people, like some of the smartest, savviest business people I know. And I respect the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there's the side of, uh, of things that, you know, lots of people are concerned about where people are being taken advantage of or hurt through the industry and kind of having, mm -hmm. having a balanced look at, the industry and knowing that when I want to consume porn and enjoy it, I want to enjoy it knowing that the person who's uh, engaging in it is willfully engaging in it and, mm -hmm. and in charge of their own self. Yeah. So like my perspective on it has like changed a, a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes people go really hard one direction. Like it's really been that I haven't stopped consuming it. It's mm -hmm. just the way that I perceive those that um, are creating the porn mm -hmm. um, and the industry themselves itself, like just having more education around it. What about you? I grew up being taught that it was really shameful. Uh, that didn't prevent me from partaking in it as often as I could on a 28, eight K modem. <laughs> <laughs> the dial up just so you could get off. Oh it took shit. So long. <laughs> Even just to download a 30-second JPEG. And when I got one, I would treasure it. <laughs> no, but it sucked, too, because there was, like, a shame cycle. Like, you watch it, you get yourself off to it, and then you, like, delete it because you feel bad. Yep. Like, oh, that's another two hours wasted when I want to get that one clip back again. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, I've become more sexually liberated. Um, sort of all at once when I came out mm -hmm. um, and became single and got to have uh, my own slut phase finally. <laughs> finally. Jealous. Still jealous. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I've slutted up enough for both of us. It's true. And most of the people on this block. Yep. <laughs> this is true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so now that I have... Uh, a more open view of sexuality, uh, less legalistic. Now that I'm trying to interpret things through through a lens of Christ, through a lens of love, I don't think that it's impossible to view porn through a lens of love. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's a way, like you were talking about, of having respect for the performers, both in their body of work and <laughs> them as persons as business people for me part of that has been getting familiar with a particular porn star's work and sort of following them because through social media like twitter instagram you can learn a lot about a lot of porn stars lives mm -hmm. and i feel like that's helpful to humanize them and to know that my consumership isn't uh, supporting something that I don't agree with. Right. Yeah. That they're doing it because they want to do it. Right. Exactly. Because they're good at it. Yeah. And some of these performers are good at it. No, they are. Talk about educational. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of my moves directly from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that that brings up a good point. Like how much of porn informs the way that we understand, especially queer sex. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of my biggest complaints is that 
lesbian porn, those, uh, you know, porn that is showing lesbians um, having sex. Wait, they make porn with girls in it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you what you consume. I know, right? I mostly consume gay boy porn. But, of course, early on, like, I wanted to know what girls do if they're doing the same thing I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, thinking of the same things, you know, if they're, if they're doing the same things I'm thinking of as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I started having sex when I was 17 and I hadn't really consumed too much porn before then. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I continued to find was things like scissoring and like, what, when, when did I No, Scissoring is not something that <laughs> women do with each other often. I'm not saying we don't, there's definitely a time and a place. Um, but it's not, the go-to move, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's the go-to move when it comes to porn, lesbian porn. Um, and that's pure and simply. And I'm sure many of our listeners are already screaming it at the top of their lungs, like in their heads. Like that's purely because it's made for the male gaze. Like mm-hmm. it's not made for our gaze. And, um, and so it was a really confusing thing to be young and curious about lesbian porn and then to find none of it a turn on because it wasn't a reflection of what I actually f- saw with me and my, you know, girlfriend at the time. Um, and it wasn't a reflection of what I actually wanted to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was a, it was, and, and then often it involved some sort of guy jumping in and it just being like totally ruined because of that. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Why Can did, <laughs> why did you bring a penis in here? Did not approve. Did not approve. Yeah, I ordered that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when somebody else gets your package. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was the best joke. What? So well um, done. Oh, I appreciate thanks. you. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how did it inform the way that you saw sex, queer sex, especially? I mean, I feel like it's kind of a cliche to talk about porn giving people unrealistic expectations, but I think that's 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> people mostly mean that, I think, in terms of like just the physical attractiveness of sure. the people involved. And that's definitely an aspect of it. But I think there are a lot of unrealistic expectations about performance, too. Mm-hmm. Like, just how much thrusting can you do? <laughs> or like you even want to do. Yeah. Like some of these videos, it's like half hour, 40 minutes. Like, but who's going to watch my stories? <laughs> my thing is, is like, I often have to add things in my search that will qualify the porn that I will watch, which is like mm-hmm. make love or like kit long kissing or something like that. Because I just want to like... <laughs> <laughs> I need to like work up to it. Thank you very much. I love foreplay. Okay. I'm like, come on. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want, I want there to be work, but when it comes to gay boy porn, often like it's 50, 50. Um, I, I want to see like true passion for each other, but also I kind of just want to see them suck each other's dicks. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, that two minutes of forced dialogue in a porn clip before they really go at it. That actually is how a gay boys meeting in real life is like. <laughs> oh, God. I love that. <laughs> the only times I've ever really enjoyed lesbian porn is when it is kinky, like, ideas around straight girls, like, converting or uh, it's just amateur to girls who are actually in love with each other, loving on each other, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay. Like I can dig that. You know, one angle yeah. is fine. Yeah, I mean, chemistry is really important. Yes. And that's one thing I like about a lot of amateur porn. Yes. I feel like anyone can see like the chemistry that's going and hear it. I am such an audiophile. Like mm-hmm. I would prefer to mostly just listen to porn. Sometimes I will fast forward to see if the sounds that people are making are sounds that I'm going to enjoy listening to Mm -hmm. because I've heard that some people will mute it and just watch. I'm the opposite. I will listen more than I will watch because that's what gets me off. Yeah. I'm a muter. (laughs) I figured. How funny is that? All the time. But like a lot of times the sounds they make are 
just not convincing and it kind of takes me out of the experience. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And that's why it's important to me that the sounds are real and the sounds mm-hmm. feel good. And I think that's why I don't watch a lot of lesbian porn because I think that women have been one of the ways that we don't talk about the way that girls are socialized is that we're socialized to fake it. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's true in a lot of our lives. That's in career. That's in, a, that's in a lot of ways that we're like, we're just supposed to smile and take it and go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been socialized to fake it. Right. And mm-hmm. so I, I think if I were to watch the couple of times that I've watched like straight porn um, and actually enjoyed it was when it was real, mm-hmm. when there was chemistry, when there was enjoyment of each other and it wasn't just a performance because I can read right through a performance, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have been pretty thankful to have real conversations with all my past partners about like, please don't ever fake it. Like, don't, don't ever feel inclined to do that. Like I want Mm -hmm. you real all the time. And that's the way that I'm going to know to give you what you actually want, you know? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I think no one has really faked it with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And if they have, I've caught it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Mm, Are you really? Mm, Okay, stop. Because we're inclined to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And do you experience that? Have you experienced that at all? I feel like sometimes, like, during a hookup, I feel a little pressure to, like, act like I'm enjoying it when maybe I'm not so much. Mm. And then the porn sounds come out so that I can like get them to finish so I can like put my shoes on and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I can see how that that would be helpful in that circumstance. I think for me in pretty much only having sex and committed relationships, it's always been like, no, I, I need this to be legit for you. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the hookups episode, but hookups are very performative. Yeah. Like, they're theater, honey. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about being in a committed relationship is the sex can be more authentic and genuine. Has there ever been a moment where you were watching a porn and you went, whoa, that is creative. I never thought of that. And then tried it? I feel like a lot of the stuff that sticks out to me like that might stick out to me because i know i'll never be able to do it mm. like when the top picks up the bottom and mm, like that's right they're fucking while he's in midair like i think that's so hot never gonna be able to do it right like even before i was a cripple i had the build of a scholar <laughs> <laughs> um, how about you yeah no i was just thinking i think my wife and i were talking about this the other night and i I'm trying to remember. I think it was based off a TikTok that she sent me because y'all, my wife has not added a social media to her belt, our entire relationship. (laughs) And I sent her enough TikToks and told her about enough educational TikToks that she created her own account. I don't think anyone is going to realize what a big deal this is unless you have someone in your life that has done this. (laughs) And I woke up the other day to 25 new messages from her. (laughs) You created a monster. I did. (laughs) All TikTok. Anyway, that's a side note. (laughs) But she she had sent me a video that had something to do with sitting on your face. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a guy and he was saying something like, like please you know like like ladies please don't fight me on this <laughs> like don't worry about me just please do it um and i was like me and then she was like when have i ever sat on you when have i ever sat on your face and i was like what we had so we've so done that we have done that <laughs> but we're both shorter mm-hmm. and both very curvy And she is disabled Mm -hmm. and has um, issues with her hips and her knees, Mm -hmm. um, joint things because of fibro. And so that's not one of our normal positions because it's just Mm -hmm. not a comfortable one. And um, and I was like, that's got to be one of the things that when I see it on porn, I'm like, man, I wish I could do that more. (laughs) 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 God damn it. (laughs) 
right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, absolutely. There are things that are like that, um, where there are, there are moves that you wish that you could do, but because your body doesn't really cater to it, it's not the best. Yeah. Erica actually has a book um, that is called Curvy Sex, I believe. And I love that book. There's like all these illustrations in it about different positions and the way that you can have sex with a curvy body or with a curvy partner. And, um, and it's really fun to like, because mm. that's one of the downsides to like, or upsides to porn is that like, okay, there's what's popular, which isn't really my jam anyway, but mm. I can specifically look for curvy individuals. Like that's what I want reflection of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would love is what I do love is when I see porn that is so obviously directed by women or those that were socialized as women, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I can tell that this is not made for the male gaze. Like this was created for me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's often diversity in all kinds of ways, you know, um, there's tall, short, skinny, fat, curvy, you know what I mean? Like all Uh kinds of all different colors of people. And you're just going, um, and also butch people, cause I don't often see when you look up lesbian porn, you're not going to see a butch person or two and a feminine person or two butches. You will mm-hmm. most likely see two feminine individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's frustrating cause it's like, this is not a reflection of the kinds of things I find hot and attractive, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to really dig for it and sometimes you have to pay for it. Yeah. On the other side, most mainstream porn stars like they at least act in their works is very like stereotypically masculine like they have very few setups where the gay guy is like more swishy mm-hmm. like some of us are it'd be nice to see more representation in that. right and like a top like mm-hmm. you can be I like your term swishy. Let's say there. <laughs> you can be swishy and be a top. Hi. Yes. <laughs> we exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it when that randomly happens in porn for sure. And then there's the side of things like that we don't talk about, which is some of the ways that like I've said it before, purity culture kink. Mm-hmm. Some of the ways that purity culture kink affects the way that I view porn and what I find a turn on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I oddly enjoy, and I say oddly when I know that so many of you guys also enjoy this, um, like straight goes gay porn mm-hmm. um, with gay boys. And it's like, it's like, yes, I, I love watching this quote unquote straight boy be converted. They're so transparently gay. I know, right? How many star tattoos can you get and still get these <laughs> Straight to gay parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't believe you. Um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely one of the things that I was like, I'm like, why do I like this? I wish I didn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I just want two confident individuals. I want to only like that. But it's okay. It's okay to like have the things that exist within our purity culture kink. Like, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm drawn to about porn is that in some ways it represents, like, a more idealized world. Hmm. Like, in this sense, it's one in which a conversion therapy for the streets exists and works. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Another way is I like the kind of porn setups where it's like an everyday situation Often it's like two friends and one is like helping the other move or like drives them to the airport or something. (laughs) And the videos, I swear to God, will have titles like, you help me move. Now I'm going to let you bareback me. Oh my God. Yes. Send me this shit. (laughs) Wish that real life were more like this, where we like resolved social tensions or inequities through the like, free consensual offer of sexual favors yes just let me love you with Mm -hmm. sex yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
I like to joke with my wife and with my friends about um, about things that are like that. Like, mm-hmm. but boobies. Like, <laughs> and I just kind of grab my boobs and shake them at them. And, they'll, and I've done this to you, Jack. And and you're that like, I'm sorry, what? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Yes. Yes to boobies. <laughs> <laughs> they get what they want. Right. As they Listen, I got to use them, right? <laughs> they like the attention. <laughs> so what's um how about this i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this one at you and R- you don't retro yeah <laughs> i know because it means also being it's going to be thrown back at me what is a type of porn that you would have been ashamed of watching back in the day and might even feel still secretive about now Oh, I had my shame removed in my operation. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't come right here no more. Um, But it absolutely would be the like more hardcore BDSM stuff, like the more intense discipline and like the fisting and the pup play and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like we kind of, Captured in our good gays versus bad gays episode, like being the wrong kind of gay. That one of the ways that when we're first coming to accept our queerness is we try to incarnate a queerness that's palatable to like the masses. Mm -hmm. And part of what that looks like is like having boring vanilla sex with your monogamous partner who just happens to be a same or similar gender yes as you. yes yeah like as similar to heteronormativity as possible while still being gay mm-hmm. and kink culture is so far removed from that yep. which is why it initially repulsed me and then attracted me and still attracts me yes because it's saying to all those norms like no fuck you this is amazing and enjoyable and beautiful and y'all don't even know y'all missing out yeah i think my answer would be um one of two things which is i really like the context of like anything that has to do with religion especially christianity Mm -hmm. and like there being some sort of like gay like aspect especially gay boy aspect to that i think it's because i like the idea of making like sexy and dirty something that is pretty real about Mm -hmm. like um the way the church has operated in trying to pretend that sex it does not exist Mm -hmm. and i'm like no that priest can get a heart on too and um and I don't know why, but it's just, I think it's something around this idea of the taboo, like something mm-hmm. about, and that's why I say my purity culture kink, like I enjoy taboo themes mm-hmm. um, or like uh, daddy, like daddy in the gay boy world, you guys use the term daddy. Oh yeah. And I feel like that, that to me is like, for some reason I like the play on power. Um, because I like the bucking back against power, Mm -hmm. um, and saying like, actually I get to have control over your desire and your, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess that's one of the, I still haven't fully delved into like what about it is enjoyable for me, but I think also the reason why I enjoy things being gay boy porn, we haven't talked about this yet. Um, I think a lot of queer women will identify with me and I think even straight women uh, Mm -hmm. from talking to a lot of different um, people who have been socialized as female, their, um, their experience uh, often, you know, reflects mine, which is they like the ability to kind of enjoy something that is um, sex and orgasm that is outside of themselves because Mm -hmm. often in porn, we are the subject instead of being able to kind of, or even in sex where like what is being used or, or, uh-huh. uh, or objectified or uh, subjected to some sort of treatment. And so right. when we can watch a gay boy porn, it's like, okay, we can enjoy this 
the closest thing to a real orgasm happening between two individuals that don't reflect us at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's also a fuck you to the patriarchy. Yeah. And so there's, there's like a, a mental and imaginative aspect to that turn on, which is true for all of being turned on. Like you're not, you're not just a subject of what your genitals want. Right. It's like what turns your brain on is what tells you that you're turned on. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of using porn to investigate different kinds of ways of experiencing the world. I think that's beautiful. I love if porn continue to become more diverse, like curvy people. And I almost never see a person with disability. Yes, I was literally about to say that. And like, I don't want us to be fetishized. No. Like, part of that's the only time we us. see it. That's because, the only time you see it. Yeah. I feel like I'll find just that. Yeah. Like, why can't a performer be disabled and it not be like the point of it? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing I think about disabled people on TV or in movies. Like, they never show us unless we're a plot point. We never get to just be people. They're getting better at that, don't you think? Like in the past couple of years, I feel like it's gotten better in the sense that like an example would be we're watching a show on Netflix right now. It's called Ginny and Georgia. And there's a character who happens to be deaf. But that's all, that's all that's the only way I know how to describe it because mm. it has never been a plot point. It's like just a part of the story. I love that. Right. And Mm. I think the same, the politician had a similar situation. um, And it wasn't a part of this like major plot point. It was just happened to be that certain characters, uh, I thought they did that well, where Mm. certain characters displayed certain things. And if we could do that in porn, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think because we, we watch, I think the people who are creating porn are thinking about, let this be the reflection of what you wish you were. Yeah. And for a society that is constantly degrading ourselves um, and tearing ourselves apart in order to look more beautiful or feel more beautiful, that is the reflection of what our society is in what our porn gives us. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it's nice going back to the original point, the original um, point I made at the beginning of the show, which is this, idea of seeing more people who are like ourselves Mm -hmm. and encouraging and desiring that or knowing who those people are, you Mm -hmm. know, like really funny. And, uh, in my brain about the idea of like consuming my friends only fans account, right. Or (laughs) consuming (laughs) Uh and enjoying something that my friend has worked hard on while they were also getting off and Mm -hmm. me being like, I'm getting off on the fact that you are fucking confident going back to our, our previous episode, mm-hmm. right? Like you, like, especially with, with, um, with curvy women, um, or people who are not the, um, what's the term, the, the American standard of beauty, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. um, people who are not shaving themselves completely mm-hmm. <laughs> from head to toe, um, people who are non-binary, people who are trans, mm-hmm. like all outside of this, this classic standard. Yeah. People of color, people of color. Yeah. So m- how many things can we think of who are confident of who they are and know themselves? It's like, damn, that's sexy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn. I want to, I want that reflection. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And imagining myself, in my queer confidence as a reflection of their queer confidence, um, that turns me on. Mm-hmm. That gets me excited. Hmm. The truth is I'm a little turned on right now. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to imagine <laughs> things in a conversation like this. <laughs> exactly. I think I need to go consume some educational materials. Yes, yeah. Why, why didn't we do that at the top of this recording? <laughs> I got. I can't believe we almost did an episode on porn without talking about the time that we watched porn together. 
We did so, talk about the second time we ta- watched porn together, but not oh, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time. Uh, so it, it was like a year and a half ago, I think. I was just over men and like dealing with the whole dating app thing. Like I was 100% sure that I was going to die alone. And I gave Jess my phone and said like, Hey, can you swipe on Tinder for me? Because I feel like I might be doing it wrong. What's hilarious is I needed a tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) Which way did they go? (laughs) And so I told her, uh, the goats go to the left and the sheep go to the right. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be a sheep, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was swiping for me. Just fucking swinging for the fences, like swiping right on all the 11s only. It was like, <laughs> thank you for the compliment, <laughs> but now I'm sure I'm gonna die alone. Anyway, I'm matching with these bitches. I mean, she- this is this is the level of excellence <laughs> for which I think you deserve, Jack. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and she is looking at the profile of this one guy. For a while, says, I think you might be interested in this guy. What do you think about him? He's like real cute. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> I look at his picture and I say, that's a porn star, Jess. <laughs> and she said, how do you know that? <laughs> well, I'm familiar with his body of work. <laughs> and so he's a, a local celebrity in the area i'm not gonna say more than that but then right after that we watched um some of his previous work i searched i was like i was starting to search because i was just so curious and i'm sitting there and um and i'm about to press play on this porn and i look over at jack and i go you're okay with this right (laughs) we're about to watch porn together are you okay with this okay good play (laughs) I think that was an important bonding moment for us. It really was. <laughs> because what did that conversation open up? Do you remember? Yeah, you asked me what I thought about dating a porn star. And that had me interrogate some prejudices that I hadn't had a reason to like put under the microscope. Yeah. And I found it really helpful to realize the ways that I had stigmatized porn stars and other people in sex work. And I think I've ended up deciding that porn star I'd be okay with, but escort I'd be less okay with because of like safety concerns. But not for the same reasons that you had before. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important. To understand, mm-hmm. and 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 especially for something that we're not talking about, which I think is important to talk about. I think my trans friends um, would uh, have a problem with me not talking about is that is often for trans women uh, one of their few options mm-hmm. uh, for career, mm-hmm. and has been for decades, for a really long time, more than decades. And I think you know, in some of my some of my friends who are I'm particularly thinking of of one friend who is literally in the top like 14% of OnlyFans uh creators right now and is doing really well awesome. for herself and she's phenomenal and an amazing entrepreneur and succeeds at everything that she does so I'm not surprised at this but mm-hmm. she made a post the other day about her reasons like for why you know she lives the way she is she's like I don't owe any of you this but <laughs> And and she explained like at the top, she was like, This is just one of our few options and this supports mm. me and my wife and my kid, you know? And mm. um and I just thought that was really cool, really mm. beautiful. And with you and I, Jack, being under the trans umbrella, I think it's a really important thing to to mention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wish people like conservatives who disapprove of sex work instead of trying to make their lives more difficult, they're already incredibly difficult, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I wish they would work to make economic conditions better so that nobody who doesn't want to do sex work feels like they have to. Like, if you want to do it, I feel like you should be allowed to do it. I don't think anybody should have to do it if they don't want to. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the beauty of sex work when it's at its best is mm. having full control over mm. yourself and your your body and your decisions and your life. Mm-hmm. And at its worst, it's something that is used to victimize and hurt people. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not a believer in black and white ever being the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there is a little of, um, or a lot of both things in mm-hmm. this world. And I think it's understanding like, what is the balance and how do we contribute to a society that leans more towards the better? Yeah, absolutely. And being able to look at societies that are doing this well already is often when the government supports sex work as legitimate mm-hmm. work. Yeah. I have to make a confession. I started an OnlyFans account accidentally. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, look at our social media. <laughs> <laughs> I um I started it accidentally actually because I was trying to consume and I thought I had to start an account and then I was like oh wait this is a creator's account and it was funny because around the same time we were having a hard time financially mm-hmm. um and um and obviously you know there's there's always struggles but this was just it, it mm-hmm. was a consistent hard time and my wife um would joke about like when are you gonna use those babies you know talking about my boobs uh when are you gonna use those babies to like you know rake some dough and like kind of thing like and 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 honestly she was it was always playful but also we had a couple of serious conversations about like is this something Mm -hmm. that well no one would want this and i remember i was at church outside like talking with a bunch of friends this was pre-quarantine oh god um And we're standing outside and we're talking and I, I told them about this conversation and, and I was laughing about it and they were like, well, Jess, honestly, like people would probably be into it. Like, hello, butch, curvy, handsome, sexy individual doing, like how many people are doing that? And I was just like, what? <laughs> really? You think I could be a sex worker? I thought it was like the biggest compliment. <laughs> and, and And yeah, it's always been like, I've seen some like certain friends go from being like a pastor basically to being doing this and doing really freaking well and being able to like help so many people in the community because of what they're doing. So it's interesting to, to think about as a, like what would be my holdups for doing something like that? You know? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's something to examine. I would really love it. Like if there's anyone who is listening to us talk about this and um, and they actually, they do this as part of their career or part of a side job or something like that. And like, I love to hear maybe a story or know that you are listening just because um, it's kind of cool to me. Like I, I just have so much respect for this field and this, uh, this career path. Mm-hmm. Also, I might want to consume. So, you know, <laughs> Make sure to drop those links in the DMs, people. <laughs> Can I ask an interesting question? Do we think, because this this is something, like, this is probably a very blatant question, but, like, I think it's important to talk about in the fact that we are a spiritual podcast. Mm-hmm. And in reference to Christianity, like, is watching porn something that um, it's glorifying to God because it's something that we mm-hmm. can do in a wor- in a way that is glorifying to God and not degrading to ourselves. Because I do think that it can happen in the opposite. And I think that anything, literally anything can be consumed incorrectly mm-hmm. and hurt you. Yeah. I love that we get to explore these kinds of questions because I don't feel like a whole lot of people are asking these kinds of questions in an open-ended way. Right. Like, I don't think any of our listeners will be surprised by, like, either of our stances on this because of what we talked about in this episode. But, like, I'd be open to being convinced, again, that the consumption of porn is unethical. Um, I don't believe that now. I feel like there are good reasons not to believe that. But like you said, like, there are a lot of shades of gray. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, but 
we can consume porn that is less likely to be involved in human trafficking. Yes. Like that little work, little research on our part is not going to be difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that will result in hearing the really interesting humanizing stories of porn stars. Yes. So that's a like a win-win. Absolutely. I thought about lust in relationship to porn and other things like this before because like lust one of the classic quote unquote seven deadly sins and how do i reconcile my traditional belief that lust whatever it means is bad but that porn can be a part of human flourishing both creating it and consuming it yes i think the big light bulb for me was realizing that you can watch porn in a way that doesn't objectify the people in it. Yeah. Like just looking at people and sexually desiring them is not inherently objectifying to them. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're willingly creating this art. Consensual space. Yeah. They're inviting you mm-hmm. to experience them that way. Yes. And if looking at someone's sexual desire is necessarily to objectify them, then it's unethical to sexually desire anybody. Mm-hmm. Like it's a ridiculous stance. Yes. Falls apart when you like look at it even a tiny bit. And so like if you can look at your partner or partners with sexual desire in a way that doesn't objectify them, why couldn't we do it with strangers? Like, why can't we love the porn star as we love ourselves? I think we can. Yeah. Yeah, the porn star is, and sex workers are different than someone who's sitting on the train across from you, you know, or the Mm -hmm. bus across from you. It's like, it's a different experience. They haven't invited you into a consensual space the way that a sex worker has, you know? Yeah, there are definitely ways of looking at people with sexual desire that are very objectifying. Like, I think we all intuitively know that's true. I don't want to argue against that at all. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I feel like I don't even have to contribute to that because that answer was so (laughs) fucking well done, Jack. sweet. (laughs) It's true. I mean, you're right. But you're also sweet. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah, I think it's important to bring that up, especially for um, our listeners, because mm-hmm. I have had so many conversations um, within our own local community, people who are pretty hard stances mm-hmm. against. Um, and I think you're right about just the slightest bit of research. Like I would compare it to something like when you're purchasing off of Amazon or going to Walmart versus mm-hmm. going to your local friend shop. Right. Right. Like I would prefer to mostly consume small business um, product. Mm-hmm. Organic fair trade porn. Right. Yes. Like I think that that's a, a valid thing to talk about here, but not cage free. Some of us are into that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, and then there's the little bit of a step above that. Maybe things like, you know, Trader Joe's or whatever, like, um, Aldi, <laughs> <laughs> but we know that like, I mean, as someone who regularly has to purchase from Amazon because I don't have a lot of money, right? Amazon's mm-hmm. easier. That sometimes it's like, it's like, gosh, well, like, it's a hard decision. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I just have to get it from there because it's that much cheaper or that much easier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I always had a choice, um, it's accessible. It's very accessible. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say I have friends. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, that's what I love. I've talked about this a little bit, like in being poly and, um, being in a queer community, I think it's something we do well is, um, being able to love and compliment on each other, even in a sexual way. Mm -hmm. Like, like it doesn't overstep. It's like, it's like I can separate our friendship from the fact that we have chemistry 
right? Or I could separate our friendship from the fact that I think you're fucking hot as shit and I am jacking off to the idea of what you're putting out, right? Like if you're a sex yeah. worker, like this is, there's a separation there. Yeah. And it's unfortunate when people can't honor that separation. Yeah. I mean, it came up a little bit in our last episode about queer confidence. Like when I started inhabiting queer spaces after coming out and started having the experience of being sexually desired by people, I found it very empowering. Yes. Like uh, there were definitely ways in which people like did that, that was unhealthy empowering like sometimes people grab at you in the club especially if you're in drag like people just feel entitled to your body it's like no 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 i'm sorry wait up did you have the female experience for (laughs) 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 wait wait a second did you just talk about the woman's experience there for a minute i'm like uh yes jack that is exactly how people feel the first time i was ever violated in that way was by a gay man who lifted my boobs up and was so like just out of nowhere with no with no consent oh my god grabbed my boobs lifted them up and then was like wow these babies are huge and then dropped them oh no yes i was like 19 multiple levels of wrong yes absolutely but it's this like like you're just saying like there's just people feel like they have a right to mm-hmm. that. I don't think that people who are doing drag king things or whatever are like experiencing that as much either. I don't know. It's an interesting question. But anyway, go on with your thing. I just was, I had to interrupt you there for a second. <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it happens to me when I'm in boy too. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just because you're hot. Less often. um but yeah those times where it's not by people who are like being gross and like leering at you grabbing at you yeah the people who are being respectful and are respectfully looking at you and desiring to have sex with you like it's it's intoxicating yes yeah it's so It feels so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, yeah, I am hot. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, God, I love I love that. I love giving people that feeling and I love receiving that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, and that can also be done without words. Like, we've talked about it before, like pre, you know, pre-COVID conditions when we used to be able to go to a club. Like me coming into myself and realizing, and, and honestly, here's a little tidbit I didn't say in the Queer Confidence episode is that being able to be in a club at 30 something and have uh, my other queer friends' bodies up against mine in this very sensual, sexual way was like a compliment to my body. Mm. Like these beautiful bodies desire to be up against my beautiful body. And these are my friends and we're enjoying each other, enjoying being pressed up against each other. And it feels amazing. And as an extrovert, I'm drawing off that energy. And as Mm. an empath, I'm also drawing off of that energy. (laughs) And it's just this amazing cycle Mm. of, of giving and loving each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And receiving. And, um, and it definitely having the confidence and the comfort to express my emotion through my body movement was something that I had put off for a long time because I didn't have the confidence to let myself dance. Even if I felt like I looked a fool, Mm. like so many people within our friend group have said to me, especially over the past year of not being able to do these kinds of things. Like, I just want to be able to dance with you again, Jess. I'm like, I'm not a good dancer, but (laughs) I can tell, I know in those moments how many people were just surrounding me and wanting to be close to me. And there was something Mm -hmm. about the way that I unapologetically moved my body and touched people and loved on them that I was able to express in only, in only ways that my words couldn't Uh, only my body and my chemistry with them could Mm -hmm. that made them feel fucking amazing. And that's why they wanted to be up against me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And I loved being able to give that and also receive. Mm-hmm. She verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. It's so beautiful. I was thinking earlier about how I was going to make a joke about like people respectfully looking at me like a piece of meat. I realized how discordant of a note that would strike. But like, I don't feel like looking at somebody with respectful sexual desire is treating them like a piece of meat. I think it can be a profoundly humanizing experience. Mm -hmm. Like for those of us, not all of us, but for those of us for whom sex is an important part of our lives, having other people affirm our own sense of like our own sexiness is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Having that, um, sexual experience that I, I can't remember what episode I talked about it in, but I talked about having a, a sexy and sexual experience might've been the first best and worst episode, I think, mm-hmm. um, with a bi boy bef- the month before I met my wife was a huge help in making me feel sexy mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and making me feel like the kind of person that could be sexually desired because mm-hmm. after not, engaging um with with people in that way and not having community to have that sort of give and take um i'd lost a lot of my confidence and a lot of my self-esteem mm-hmm. around that and that was a really powerful place for me previously mm-hmm. and so it's nice to have that power and have it not be reliant on any other individual anymore mm-hmm. i would say like that growth for me is now when I am masturbating to something like porn, instead of thinking I wish I was them, I'm more turned on by the idea of them being confident and thinking they're beautiful mm-hmm. and reflecting that in myself. Like, I am sexy right now. I'm enjoying listening to my own sounds. I'm enjoying touching my own body. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that means I don't really need porn as much anymore like it used to be something that i consumed not like not often but you know often enough and now i i can't remember the last time i played porn um Mm. probably a few months ago um when we were making the intro for this (laughs) (laughs) but no probably a few months ago in terms of consume like being able to um consume for the for the purpose of 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 masturbation Mm. um and i think that a lot of that has to do with my own imagination and my own confidence. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Now that I've been around the block, maybe more than a few times, sometimes I'll just play like uh, the highlight reel. Yeah. I'm getting myself off. (laughs) I don't need porn. I've lived a few. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, and I, and I mentioned this in our, in our masturbation episode that like just having, having the ability to know that I am beautiful and that my experiences in like sex, like I like hearing, um, like I don't really like degrading style, um, conversation in real Mm -hmm. sex. Like I'm like, and and there's no, that's just personal. That's a personal thing for me. Like some people do enjoy it. Um, and for me, um, it's like, it's like, I like bossing, they're being bossing around um, and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like, that's fun. But I really want to hear, like, my name be said. Mm. I want to be told that I'm sexy or that I'm I'm doing something well. Like, like fuck, you're amazing, Jess. Like, ugh. like that I want to hear over and over. I want to hear how much you love me. I want to hear you make as much noise as possible because I'm getting you there. Like that's what it's an interesting new experience uh, to want to be filled up the words of affirmation, like wanting to be filled up in that way. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't get reflected in porn too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I remember searching one time, I love you sex. Cause that's what I like to call like one of my favorite ways of <laughs> having sex. I love you sex is like hearing, I love you in different ways as I'm getting off can sometimes get me there further and faster and being able to see that reflected 
in sometimes depending on what I'm into at that moment. But I just don't really ever right. see that in porn. Yeah. I feel like it's about time to wrap up the episode. Yeah. But I can't believe we haven't talked about like recording ourselves or like <gasps> Oh Record, my god. Like, making porn with a partner. Do we need to make a follow-up episode? Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I feel like we've talked more about the consumption and the effect on us and less our engagement. Mm-hmm. I have some stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we'll make our listeners wait. I think that that's perfectly reflected for this topic. Mm-hmm. I want to make you wait for it. Mm, conversational edging. <laughs> Super into edging. I love it. I'll edge you all day, baby. Anyway, um, I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty steamy here in the studio. So wipe my glasses off. <laughs> if you don't already, please follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at Lav Mafia, L A V M A F I A. Tell us what your favorite kinds of porn are any favorite performers we should know about <laughs> genres <laughs> i feel like our requests are always so selfish <laughs> we're like um we just want to know <laughs> um awesome well beautiful babes be fierce keep the faith and don't fuck it up our amazing music is written and produced by evan coles of springwood productions Speaking of Springwood, I just want to thank them for recording, mixing, and producing our audio. Without them, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Springwood is made up of passionate creatives who are really easy to work with and professional, and they really know their stuff. So if you need anything like video or audio production, or they can really do anything to help your music or business. Like they got me Taco Bell one time, for God's sake. So go check them out at springwoodproductions.com. 